Hello, my name is David Vardabedian. Thanks so much for tuning in to Get Real Sobriety. Hope you enjoy this show. Tonight, we have Alex Greenlee, who is a good friend. And I just want to tell you a little bit about um, Alex. Alex is a native California who currently resides in Santa Barbara. Alex began, Alex began his recovery journey 15 years ago, and after many highs and lows on his path, he hit an all-time low just over two years ago. Since that time, with the incredible support of his mentor, he has completely transformed his, physical, ment- physical, his life physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And so Alex is here today to share about the journey and the powerful role of transformational breath. I always have to say that perfectly, right? Um, And it has played uh, in an ongoing, his ongoing evolution with this miraculous, with the miraculous assistance of breath, Alex has found the courage to dive deep into the, deep into and heal those parts of himself, which were the root cause of his turning to alcohol for relief. No longer weighed down by these aspects of himself. He is living the life he has always dreamed of and has almost finished his training to become a certified transformational breath facilitator. Alex looks forward to sharing this beautiful gift with any and all who desire to truly return to their true nature, that is unconditional happiness. That's so beautiful, man. I, you know, thank you for being here. It's an honor to be here, David. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we call this get real sobriety or get real recovery, and and it's not like people have fake recovery. It's, It's more about just talking about real issues and that stuff that doesn't always come up. And, you know, I mean, I, I think I've said it before on a podcast. It's like I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of spiritual leaders. And, you know, it just seems like people are like talking at me. And so this was like, it's just real, like, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, you and you and I are friends as well. And I told you I had a pretty fucking dark week this week and it's, it's been emotional. I, you know, I'm almost to tears now, but you know, I have a lot of support from people like you and Samantha and other my sponsor and other people, and it's just, it's shit like that happens with a guy with 30 years, with 30 minutes, with 30 yeah. days, you know, and, and it's like, it's it's like we're, we're life's in session. Yeah, none know? of us are immune from the emotional cycles that we experience as, as human beings yeah. in this, this physical experience. Right. And um, <clears throat> that's cuts right to the core of really one of the beautiful gifts that transformational breath has brought to me as a valuable tool to help navigate through and with those emotional um those emotional waves the highs and the lows right you know it's so true i've done transformational breath i've had probably four sessions and um and i want to get into you know what it is yeah and that but um (laughs) i just the one experience that I had was, is, you know, the very first time and I did it with Nicole and, and, uh, I was like, well, that's kind of cool. You know, we jumped around and did all that. And then, and, but the second time, dude, I went somewhere else. I was broke down in tears. I was just like, wow. I was like, this is fucking amazing, you know? And, and then, you know, I didn't do it again, which I probably should have, but, it was just this, you know, situationally, I, I right. couldn't do it. Right. So, 
But anyway, so my first kind of question is like, so, you know, how did you come to, you know, find transformational breath? Well, I think it's more like how did transformational breath find me? Exactly. Um, probably best I give a little bit of a backstory to, to help understand and put it in context, David. Um, as it's, I said, I'd been in recovery for 13 years at, at this point, and highs, you know, I had five years of sobriety at one point, I had two here, I had three there, right. but you know, the lows were kept getting lower and lower when I'd have relapse after relapse, and I'd go to recovery center after recovery center, and you know, everybody did their best with me, and I felt like I was doing my best with what was offered, but I just kept feeling like I was slipping further and further away. And, you know, I'd sit in meetings, and I, I swear people say, oh, oh, happy, joyous, and free, and I right. just want to shoot them. Right. Like, oh, <laughs> bullshit, you're all lying. Yeah. You know, what are you on? You know, and actually, one of the, the right before my final relapse, um, I was in Atlanta, Georgia at the International Convention. I had, um, oh, wow. I'd been gifted the trip by a sponsee of mine who won it in an intergroup raffle. And I went, and I went alone. You know, there were some other people from my area going, and we, we hooked up once we got there. But, you know, I got there, and I'm in this, this, this mecca of recovery, you know, 50,000, 60,000 right. 60, sober alcoholics. and um, Really powerful, right? Yeah, I remember getting on the phone with my sponsor from my hotel room saying, I'm in deep shit. So what's going on, man? I said, I'm in this love fest of fifty to 60,000 sober alcoholics, and I feel all alone. Wow. I feel completely isolated, separate, and not a part And how of. long had you been like clean or sober at, at that, that point? Time? I'd had a good five years. Oh wow! You know, and I was a poster child. I was, you know, had all kinds of commitments. I was sponsoring people, a meeting a day. I was going to great meetings. All is that the time you told me you went through like the, you know, with that sponsor that took you through the traditional way? Right. We went traditional by the book. He was a prodigy of Clancy's. Right. And um, it, it was solid, you know, for what it, he passed on exactly as it was passed on to him. Um, I was as good. He was a great sponsor. I was as good a sponsee as I could be. Right. Um, but hey, progress, not perfection, right? Yeah. So have the relapse, you know, I, I realized that there that I was slipping and sliding. And then actually what happened was um, a week later, I broke my leg, tripping over my dog going down into the kitchen. I got three, happens, three, right? three labs. Yeah. And I was sober. Um, but, you know, broke my leg um, and doctor, you know, had to have surgery. Doctor prescribed me with oxy. And um, drugs had never really been a part of my story, but I started taking that oxy and I, I liked how that felt. Yeah. And so I went on that. that for about a three-month run of running after doctor to doctor, trying to get prescriptions, and finally they cut it out. And um, Were you justifying? It was like, I'm in pain. Totally justifying right. it, completely justifying it. Plus, it felt good. That was justification enough for me because I was in pain beyond right. just the leg. I was in spiritual and emotional right. pain. So back to the, the bottle came out again. And... Um, long, deep, deep, deep plunge. And I wound up actually contacting a friend of mine who'd been a counselor for me at the recovery center I was at up in uh, the Pacific Grove area. That was the Beacon House. Yeah, the Beacon House. And she put me in touch with somebody down at a recovery center in Santa Barbara of all is places. Is that in Santa, I'm sorry, is that the Beacon House in Santa Cruz? It's in Pacific Grove, oh, which is uh, right by Monterey. Oh, okay, okay. And um, she put me in touch with um, the gentleman, they owned the recovery center down here in Santa Barbara. And next right. thing I knew, I'm on a plane flying to a recovery center in a city I've never been to, which is probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And it I is. was working there at this right. time, right? Right. You know, you're just one of the scary characters in the shadows when I got there. <laughs> 
And um, <laughs> yeah, I went through, I stayed there and I went five weeks. And one of the main things I worked on there was getting preparation for me to go home because what was going to happen when I got home was I was going to have to confront my wife of 30 years and let her know that it was, it was time. It was done. We'd right. done, been separated for two years and it just, no progress was being made. And it was time for both of us to be able to move forward in our lives, you know, without the burden necessarily of each other. And so prepared me to go up and have that conversation. Sam was an intricate part of those conversations right. of preparing for it. And I got home and I delivered the news and my wife let me know in no uncertain terms how much I had fucked her life up and the family's life up. And I was the root cause of all evil basically in the universe. And, you know, as a, as a drunk, as a practicing alcoholic, I'll have you know, you know, I was not the carouser, I was not the fighter, I was not the yeller, I was not the arguer. Right. They knew I'd been drinking when I got philosophical. I was one of those kinds of drunks, you know. Right. So I'm not sure how much damage I caused except by not being present, being an absentee husband and an absentee father. But upon receiving that, that um, those wonderful words, words of affirmation from my ex, um, right. I took All it personally, and it sank her. in so right. deeply and went right to the core of my codependency. And next thing you know, I was, I was in the bottle again after only four weeks. And this time it took me to the point where I, um, I was living with my mother. I had moved in there to um, help support her during the separation. She lived two blocks away. She's 85 years old. She's in great shape, but needed some company, right. she said. And um, finally, after about a four-week run, I went down, went, went into the room to her and I said, I need you to take me to the hospital. And she was just, had that look in her face like, oh, not again. And we got to the emergency room and the nurse said, so Mr. Greenlee, what brings you here again? And I uttered these words and I really didn't think anything of them. I just said, well, I think I'm trying to drink myself to death. And she looked at me and said, oh, I wish you had not said that. Right. And next thing I knew, I was being processed in for a 72-hour hold. Um, my mother was terrified. I'll never forget the look in her face. It still wrenches my heart when I think of it. Very fortunately, um, the psychiatrist doing the intake was also the psychiatrist who'd been present at Beacon House, and I talked a lot to he said, Alex, I know you well enough to know you have no intention of taking your life, but what you said is very true. You know you are drinking yourself to death. Right. He said, I will free you from this lovely institution, free you from a 72-hour hold if you promise to go back into recovery. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And he suggested going to that hospital's outpatient program. And I, I looked him square in the eye and said, that, that's as good as a death sentence for me. And he said, why? I said, because what do you think I'm going to do between sessions? You know, when you let me go at five at night and I'm not due back till eight the next morning, I, you know I'm going to drink. Well, you know, we test people. I said, I know that. I don't, I'm just telling you what I will do. So I said, I know what I'm doing. I know where I need to be. I need to go to the last place I felt safe, which was um, Keystone Recovery. Right. In Montecito. In Santa Barbara. Right. And... Um, I arrived back there, a sh barely a shadow of myself. Um, I was not in any way, shape, or form in a position of even, I was not even seeking recovery. I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be alive. I wasn't gonna do anything to take my life, but I saw no point in being. Um, I had expressed that, and I know that I was placed upon close surveillance and watch. Um, working with my, my primary counselor, Dee, um, my, my recovery angel, right. um, 
and said, look, we've, I've, I've been through all the protocols. I've been through everything you guys have to offer. I've been through everything that every recovery center I've been to has had to offer, and I've done my best and given my best with it. It's, it's yeah, I mean, not, you had five years working yeah, the steps it's, and it's doing just, the commitments and all some, that. It wasn't reaching me. And they made the decision one night. The uh, group was getting ready to go to a meeting, and um, they came up and said, "No, oh, Alex, you know, we, we want you to stay back. We don't want you going to the meeting." Which, quite honestly, was music to my ears. Right. It's like, yes, <laughs> go to that no fucking meeting. meeting. Instead, we want you to sit down um, and talk with Nicole, um, who was at the time all I knew her as was really a super sweet lady. She was teaching life skills and the yoga instructor, and um, I was like, sure, okay. Yeah, if it gets me out of the meeting, right. I'm game, and yeah, we'll talk. And, yeah, I think um, Nicole, the capacity, um, you know, because I, I was basically kind of instrumental in hiring a lot of the people that she was, I forget what they call them, that text, but she was like one of the, you know, you know, yeah, distri- di- you know distributing medicine. Yeah. But then she was a yoga teacher, so we had her do yoga. Yeah. And then, you know, God, I mean, she was, you know, I mean, yeah, so what we, they, we don't want to even call a diamond in the rough. We just didn't know what she was. Right. The skill set. And what we did was we sat down and um, Nicole basically says, you know, tell me your story. Tell me your story. And um, I opened up unlike I ever have before. And I just felt a level of trust and care that I could just open and bear all. And by the time I was done She's sharing an my entire story, um, you know, she basically, she, she, she very kindly said, you know, it's, it just really, it sounds like you've lived a life based on fear. Um, would you be interested in, in, in if, if I could help you and shift that from a fear-based life to a life based on love? And um, those words gave me some hope. I had not had hope in such a long time. And I was like, this sounded different. This sounded different. You know, I, I need to investigate this. And so I signed up. I said, yeah, let's do this. And, you know, fortunately, by the grace of the powers that be at Keystone and be my counselor, they consented to let me work um, one-on-one with Nicole while at Keystone. And the first thing we dove into... um, Did you feel like that was like, you know how like they say that surrender, you know, like... Wayne Dyer Dyer talks about this happening in people's lives where we... um, He talks about turning the corner back toward home. And um, it talks about it as being a quantum moment. And there are many aspects of the meeting that night that he describes in that moment that are still present for me, very vivid recall of the setting, of the smells, of the sound, of the weather, of the room itself, of the texture of the couch, the color right. of the carpet. Wow, wow, you know, wow. it's just a vivid picture. And Nicole and I started working together, and the first thing we went into was into the emotional piece. And it was fascinating to me because that's the one aspect that nobody had ever touched upon in my recovery. But you guys weren't going, you didn't say, okay, let's do a transformational break. Right, right. No, there, there was we none did. of that yet. Right. Um, in my stay at Keystone, we met twice a week um, there, and we started going into teaching me how to be with my feelings, how to not have my feelings running me, but to have me in a position of fully feeling, fully allowing my feelings to be present, um, letting them grow as as large as they needed to within the container they required, and then not dousing, but embracing them with radical quantities of self-love and um, watching those emotions transform from something that I was terrified of to something that I've recognize and realize are just a, a part of my vastness right you know as, as we think of ourselves as the ocean there but waves in the ocean and you know it, it took a lot of time and we went through a lot of different layers many many layers and 
I ultimately, you know, continued working with Nicole as my mentor. It's funny, and I just, I was listening to this, and not to interrupt you, but there was, um, listening, uh, Samantha had me listening to speaker tapes from this guy and Eugene, like, Men's Spiritual Weekend or something, right? And he was, he said that, you know, and I've heard that throughout the years, but we are but waves within the ocean. Yeah, but Jeff Foster, the great author, he speaks of that a lot, too. So um, this guy didn't a, invent that, right? Yeah, and I don't think Jeff Foster invented right. it. And no, Wayne Dyer I'm, didn't do it. No, right. I'm sure, not sure who invented it. It's but a it cool a very, saying. Though, a right. very wise soul, you know, not that we are the waves within the ocean. The reality is we are in our own, as it's the center of our own, well, we are the ocean. Right. And the waves, the emotions are but waves within that ocean, aspects within it. So, in working with Nicole as, as my mentor after I left Keystone, and I continued to do so, because um, this journey never ends in the emotional And you didn't world. go back up to Monterey. No, I relocated in... down to Santa Barbara. I actually right. went and lived at a sober living for about six months, and um, then transitioned out into my own housing. And um, But my work with Nicole continued down the path around the emotional integration piece, which is what we refer to this as, is taking those emotions and... Remembering that emotions are just energy in motion, and an emotion surfaces. It's surfacing. Um, it's surfacing to be seen. It's surfacing to be heard. We right. talked about wanting to be heard. Those emotions want to be heard. They've been stuffed and buried through repressions and suppressions most of our lives, and they're just surfacing to see the light of day and to see the light of love upon them, to know that they're valid, honored, and it's okay for them to be there. Right. And as we go into those emotions, and layer upon layer is revealed, just like peeling an onion. Um, it was probably about three months into our work that um, was this part. And I don't. I, I, when I was listening to the other interview, and that's kind of where I got a little bit. Is that when you when you had that um, the emotion that had been suppressed? I'm getting and, there, David. Yeah, right. right. So that yeah. that's okay. Yeah, steal perfect. my thunder, buddy. Yeah, so, awesome. <laughs> yeah, we had one particularly powerful session, an emotion that I had repressed, which means. Subconsciously, it was such a powerful event in my life that my subconscious took it and buried it almost for me. It wasn't a case of a suppression where I said, oh, this is unpleasant, I don't want to think about this. This took it out of my experience and buried it deep within my, um, within me. Within so you haven't really, memory. really thought about it. Right? Never thought about it, never recalled it, but during this session through, and I don't remember the exact sequencing of the question and all, but it came back like a, a freight train, just re it's remembrance of being bullied severely right. in um, elementary school. And it brought me to my knees. And I remember at that point, Nicole and I had talked about the breath work and we were getting ready to do it. And she said, well, that, that's it. You know, you're breathing now. Yeah. And um, thus I was introduced. Fully. And that's your first. We had done right. some breathing, but that was my first full breath session. And it was really a baptism by fire. It was profoundly powerful, um, profoundly emotional. Um, a lot of expression of grief, a lot of tears, a lot of rage, a lot of fear surfacing. In the um, very first one. Right. Because I didn't have that one. to the second one. Right. right. But I, let's just say the pump had been primed right. through all the work I had done before and then having this event surface. And you know, one thing about the transformational breath work, what it does is it does not integrate necessarily emotions for you, but it brings them to the surface and closer up to your awareness so that then you can do you can then you can then be with them and how long how long have you been like sober or, or not i've been sober about three or four months oh wow and um 
So you know All what I know I, is, and it took two to three breath sessions um, in short sequence after the first one to really fully surface for integration this experience alone. But I do know that after those breath sessions, as I felt better and better and lighter and lighter, I knew that this was something I had to had to have. Right, because you know what I only have is my own personal experience of something I knew that I'd want to share someday. Right, so I just. You know, what goes into my head is like, is it too early? You know, do you need like more? But no, not really. I mean, that helped you. Well, yeah. you need to have the, the, the preparatory work on how we're going to be with those emotions when they surface. If I were introduced to this, say, in my first few days when I'd arrived back at Keystone, it would have blown me out of the water because right. I had not had any preparation around the actual in emotional integration process. So it's wonderful these emotions are surfaced for us to be with, but if we aren't taught or shown how to be with them, those emotions quite literally could eat us up. Remember, these are the very same emotions that I drank over. Right. So without the pre-work to teach me how to be with these emotions, doing a breath session alone could very easily have sent me back. Right. You know, so but do you crucial. think any of that, you know, I mean, because you were pretty tenured in your sobriety before, like five, you knew what the program was, and do you think any of that helped, like, prepare you for this? No. Okay. Um, I love AA. I love the 12 steps. Um, but for me, where they it didn't touch me, and this is not a shortcoming on theirs, it's just something that I did not grasp, absorb, pick up on, what was the emotional aspect, the feelings aspect. Right. And that, you know, we talk a lot about effect and cause. You know, I wanted to get to, and we got to, what was the cause of my need to change my, my state of mind, my state of being, whether it was through drugs or alcohol. And the cause for me, um, very clearly centered around um, my inability to be with and to feel and to process my emotions. Right. And I believe that's true for many, many people in recovery, many that I've spoken to. So after doing the, the multiple breast sessions and um, we continue to do them, Nicole let me know about um, an upcoming seminar <clears throat> A week-long seminar, which I eagerly signed up for, and that well, can, was before we do that. Process. Can you tell us what is transformational breath? A transformational breath is a that's <clears throat> a powerful self-help breathing um, practice, and it was developed by Dr. Judith Kravitz, co-developed. And what it utilizes is a circular, fully diaphragmatic breath. Um, connected breath with no pauses between the breaths. So it's inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. And the session typically lasts anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour of, um, of that breathing. And the connected breath, what it allows is it raises our vibrational frequency and allows us access to the electromagnetic field. Um, in that field, as it raises our vibration, it it comes in, our raised vibration comes in contract with the lower vibration energies of our stuck emotions like grief or shame, guilt, anger, um, any of these lower vibration emotions which are stored in our cellular memory through the, the universal principle of um, entrainment, which holds that when two, two objects, one of a higher vibration comes in contact with one of a lower vibration, that of the lower vibration will automatically gravitate up towards that of the higher vibration. That's so, so as you're vibrating at this higher vibration through the connected breath, those 
dense, dense energies are being brought up and brought up and brought up to the surface to be integrated in the match into that higher vibration. And of course, the highest vibrational frequency in the universe is love. Right. And those well, so this are surfacing for that love. You know, like in my book or in my writings, I talk about like we all have a higher self and a lower self. Is it kind of like that? Yeah, well, let me let me explain a little bit further. You know, the, okay. the transformational breath really works on three different levels, and these three levels occur in every breath session. Um, the first is the physical level. You know, there's the effect of the um, hyperoxygen, uh, not hyper, but the um, increased oxygen intake right. just through the connected breath. Um, it helps it with the increase in our oxygen flow, the increase, and we work as facilitators to help clients open um, clogged breathing patterns as they open and to receive a fuller and fuller breath. We know that as our breath goes, so our life goes, so that as we're taking in a fuller and more complete and open breath, we're also allowing ourselves to receive more of the good that life has to offer. And just for the, the listeners, are you breathing through your nose? Because a lot of people... Breathing do, is through the mouth. It's connected. Right. It's through the mouth. Um, you're laying down or propped up. And you have a little you know, mouthpiece. No, the mouthpiece is optional. That's right. the facilitator. We'll I use it. If that's necessary. <laughs> I still do. Right. Um, but it's not required. Um, it's just it's to aid in keeping the mouth fully open. But most people can do it without. And um, there is this music which is played. And there are many other aspects, you know. But let's just say it is done laying down through the mouth, eyes closed in a relaxed setting. Well, I and love the part is like when we first show up, you've never done this before, right? I'd never done it. So what are we going to do first? Oh, we're going to jump around. Uh, right? Kundalini <laughs> dance is yeah, um, awesome. typically a three-minute, you know, a fun three-minute song, which we dance to, and it involves lifting the arms up over the head as we inhale and pulling them down as we exhale. And what we're really doing is, we like to say, is, is priming the pump getting the breath going, warming up the engine. And it's kind of a fun way to introduce and get into the session And your heart rate goes itself. up too. <laughs> yeah, and it helps that. So along with the, the physical aspects, not only in the increase in the oxygen level, but it also radically activates the detoxification um, within the body because as we're utilizing the diaphragm, you know, we're, we're literally using a muscle that many of us don't utilize at the base of our lungs, which spreads down into the um, abdominal cavity when we take a deep inhale. And as that happens, it's, it's literally, in a sense, massaging those internal organs and giving them what they need, too, as a general rub down, shall we say, and helping to release toxins within the body. The other aspect of the increased oxygenation is that we do know that many diseases are anaerobic in nature, you know, particularly a cancer. It thrives in an oxygen-deprived environment. Right. So as we flood our bodies with more oxygen, diseases like that, um, can't thrive. Now, transformational breath is not ever, we do not present it as a cure for any disease. We're just saying that there has been evidence where it has shown that it has helped people in those diseases move through and with their diseases. The other, another second aspect that it definitely affects is the mental and emotional aspect. As I talked about with the principle of entrainment of raising up those lower, denser energies, we store so much of our emotion, whether repressed or suppressed, in our cellular memory, within our tissues, within our organs, within our, our cells, that the higher frequency helps to elevate those, those denser energies right. up and out of those. So again, they can be met by the breath, and the breath helps to move them up and through our system so that we can be present with them. So the, the dense, the lower vibrational is right. coming and meeting the higher vibrational. Right. Think and of it, I, liked, I liked the analogy that one of my trainers used. Um, think of it as water. Um, the densest state of water is frozen, which would be an ice cube. Right. Think of that as your low energy emotions. 
the slowest and, molecules right, moving. And the mm-hmm. highest frequency or highest um, highest activity of the molecules right. um, would be in steam. Right. So think of it as the high frequency being the steam and the low frequency being the ice. As you bring the ice in contact with the steam, what happens to the ice? It starts to it melt. It starts to melt. Right. It starts to melt and come down into a higher and higher state of um, state of frequency. So the other thing, you know, is we bring up not only these emotions, but also there are many limit self-limiting beliefs that can surface for us to look at, and we have work we can do around those, those self-limiting beliefs that keep us from being and living and experiencing the life that we came here to experience. Things that hold us back that we may not even be aware of, that we may just have blinders on, but they come up into our awareness, and we're able to work with those and, and to replace them with beliefs that serve us right. in a better way. Well, there was one part of it, um, you know, the toning part. So what, right, what okay. is that about? We also utilize um, sound and we utilize movement during the process. As these emotions are coming up to be integrated, um, it can build up a lot of energy within the body. So many times we use toning, uh, which is producing a long, steady sound, so just such as a ah. Right. Um, and it will just come out. Whatever sound needs to be made will be come out. But if we just want it long and we want it steady, and we also utilize movement, which is literally, you know, stomping the feet on the ground as you're laying there and then slapping your hands on the ground or punching on the ground or even punching in the air, anything to help move that energy through the body. Because, again, emotions are just energy in motion. And when, we get, when they get stuck, that's when we feel the discomfort, we call it, or we may experience from the actual emotion that's, that's, that's trapped in one spot of the body. And the toning's helping moving the toning that is through. helping to move things through. Um, and it helps to release, and sometimes when the energy builds up so much, even not necessarily from the emotion, but just from the breath, it helps to relieve some of that energy off of the top. And this is one of the third aspect of it is on the spiritual level, is that as we're clearing these self-limiting beliefs and all these low-frequency emotions out of our system, as our nervous system is beginning to feel safer and safer and allowed to relax and relax and relax more and more, it allows access... Um, to higher levels of consciousness. Um, and this, these three levels happen in every breath session. The depth of the experience for each individual will be different depending upon what's present at the time. I can guarantee you that no two breath sessions are the same. I've, I've probably done at least 100 breath sessions by oh, now. Oh, wow. And no two. Yeah, that was a question. The same. Like um, no two are the same. And I've seen... People breathe, have breast sessions that I, I've viewed and said, this person's definitely got it all together. They've got nothing running under the hood or anything like right. that. And they've had incredibly powerful breast sessions. As I said, this work continues on and on and on because our bodies are just vast storehouses of, um, of, of emotion. And not all the emotion that surfaces is by any means what we label as negative. Though by, by tr- in truth, no emotion is negative. It's truly our response or reaction to the emotion we experience that could deem it negative. For instance, anger unto itself is just an, an energy unto itself, and it can be responded or reacted in ways that um, are not okay, yelling or shouting at people or punching people or doing things. Yeah, yeah, violent. Um, so. Or, you know, we, we can learn to take that same energy and transmute it into something positive, like use it for our own forward momentum and propulsion towards what we really want. Get fired up by it. Use right. it. Move forward with it. Use so it there's no fuel. real like, okay, well, you know, you buy a gym membership or something. It's like here's like you know you're gonna do a year. Is are there so many sessions like? 
No, you, you know, know, you do as many. I mean, is it open ended? Right. It's open ended. You do as many as you're called to. Many people, quite honestly, come and experience their first few sessions, and um, that that's all they they want. And other people realize it's something that's really a super powerful tool for them, and they want more. And um, that's what we do. That's what we're here to offer. So, was there a tipping point where you're like, okay, you know, it's like when I shared a little bit, and I haven't done obviously as many as you, but. The first one was like, yeah, this is, you know, I, I've, I've been in Santa Barbara 40 years. I mean, I've done everything from Reiki to, you know, uh, everything, you know, okay. yoga and like different, you know, in Santa Barbara, you can get anything. We call it the left coast out here is that we're so far left, we're in danger to oncoming traffic, right? So, but I mean, and not, that's not in a negative way, but there's a lot of, you know, I've done a lot of acupuncture. I've done a lot of all kinds of different treatment. So... When I first, my first experience with transformational breath was cool. That was kind of cool. But like I said, the second time, I really went somewhere. Was there a tipping point? I know you said the first one first was... First session was a right, tipping point. Right, okay. Um, I would ask you a question. Right. The second session was so powerful, what took you so long before your third session? Well, you remember I told you it was situational. You know, it was like... I. I was in a position where, you know, I, I, I set my daughter up to go to see Nicole and I had to kind of choose who's going to go and who's not going to go, you know. So okay. it was important to that, um, right. you know, and, and you've given, you know, I've done some with your training and I'm so grateful for that. But I think the point being is that um, how have you integrated it? with your because you're still going to meetings and, and doing 12-step work and that kind of stuff so that's kind of like you know for the listeners or the well, audience let me out let there. me back up and just say this is that the transformational breath is but an aspect of my my personal recovery program um one of the one of the, the probably the most important words and i call this 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 recovery this 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 period of my recovery some of the most important words that were spoken to me were spoken to my counselor d at keystone and she basically gave me permission to create a recovery that worked for me. Right. And quite honestly said, I don't care if it's AA, I don't care if it's refuge, I don't care if it's smart recovery, I don't care, whatever it is, create the program for you that works for you. And it's been through the assistance of my mentor, Nicole, and myself. My recovery has consisted really of major overhaul and transformation in my life, again, on the physical level, looking at diet, looking at exercise, what am I putting in my body, what kind of medical treatments am I receiving? When I started two years ago, I was on eight different prescription medications. Today, I'm on none. Wow. Um, including medications for psych, yeah, yeah. psych meds. And today, I'm on none, and I feel better than I've ever felt, and my, my checkups are amazing. Um, so physical, you know, it, it's, it's huge. You know, the exercise, the diet, the yoga, meditation is a right. huge part of my program. Um, but also, again, into the mental and the emotional piece. You know, the emotional integration work is not limited just to the transformational breath work. There are many other modalities out there for exploration. And the bottom line is getting to a place where, yeah, you know what, my body is just a giant tuning fork and it's vibrating with emotions at different states and different levels. It's getting so attuned in my body to learn and understand and recognize where the emotions are, what the emotions are going into those emotions, dropping the story, dropping the thoughts that might drive the emotion and taking off on a tangent, and just being with the pure energetic of the emotion and going in there. And um, one of my trainers uses a phrase I really like when it comes to when we go in and enter into an emotion is we let it be, we love on it, and then we listen to it. So our emotions have wisdom for us. So we can get away from the clutter of our noise and actually listen to the noise, listen to the sound within the silence. 
We can hear these messages that our emotions have for us. And you, like when you had that five years, and I go back to that a little bit, is that, and that was real traditional. I mean, you did it out of the book, you know, you're going to commitments, meetings. How is it different now if, you know, again, I know you'd still respect the 12 steps and you still, you know, get into meetings and things like that, but how, what's the difference now? The biggest difference, I think, you know, when I take a look at the physical transformation and the mental-emotional transformation, I think it's the big, it's has been the spiritual transformation. Right. You know, I um, I always saw God as something out there um, that I, I prayed to, that I worshipped, that I um, sometimes saw as very benef- a great benefactor, and sometimes I saw as being one evil dude. You know, I was never quite sure what I was going to get. It's through my spiritual evolution that I, you know, come to realize that, you know, I am that God which I seek. Right. Um, that it is I am. And you are too. We all are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that it's not some, you know, sky daddy up there um, riding on a cloud with a long beard and a white cape, you know. We are that which we seek. And working on and still developing that that intimate relationship with 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 that higher power which is is within me within all of us you know um with my higher self my soul however we want to say it you know with that being that is there you know there's there's the mind and there's the mind thinking the thoughts there's the mind observing the thoughts but that that which is observing all which is present in all of us and which is connected with all of us, which is in that, that unified field. You know, so it's that, this deeper oneness, spiritual connection. That oneness, right? you know, yeah. that oneness is operating at the highest frequency there is and at the core, all we all are is simply love. Right. And we come into this world as simple, simple vibrational beings and then the conditioning and the programming begins as we grow. And really what this journey has been for me is peeling away that conditioning and that programming and returning to that state of pure innocence. Um, that we come into this world with and we come into this world to experience where everything we experience is on the vibrational level. Right, so true. I mean, I mean, and you so know. And the that spiritual aspect is huge, you know. And so, you know, what does my recovery look like? Not traditional. Yeah. You know, I don't go to a lot of meetings. Um, I work the 12 steps, so I'm going through them again with you right now. Right. Really just to experience them from where I'm at right now in my consciousness. But in reality, I practice them. I practice... A form of the 12 steps every day in my life. Yeah. You know, they aren't necessarily titled and called and worded the same way, but when I look at each of the steps, you go, yes, I do that. I do the principles. The principles are a guiding part of my life. And so, you know, in my work and what I'm becoming and and become as a, a transformational life and recovery mentor is to take people and say, look, you know, here's what, here's where I was and here's where I am now. And here's, here are all the things I've been taught and all the things I've learned and the things that, you know, I have available. If you're interested, I'd be happy to show you and share with you. You know, this is what I have to offer. Right. Is it the traditional approach? No. Is it for everybody? No. Right. But it's worked for me, and I feel like, as we talk about within recovery, you know, pass it on. Um, that which was so freely given to me, you know, I want to pass along to other people. Now, get me wrong, though. This is emotional work going into the emotions, going into the quote-unquote shadow aspects of ourselves, those parts which we really don't want to take a look at. It's not easy. It's hard work. Well, who do you think could benefit most from this? Well, 
for sure. Anybody who has gone the traditional recovery routes and done their best with it and is still finding them in a space where their life is either not where they want it to be or they don't see it going in the direction they want it to be and they're ready to do a radical transformation in their life. You know, we do talk about in recovery, you don't have to change anything, you have to change everything. And I'd be the first one to balk at that. And if you had told me that that was gonna happen two years ago, I would have laughed you in the face. But today I can sit down and look at my life and go, dang, right. everything has changed. When did that happen? Right. But it did, it evolved. And it I've changed. seen you change, you know, yeah, I mean, you've seen me change. I mean, right, you know, and that's, right. that's the greatest, you know, the feedback I get from those that say, again, you know, others will recognize in us the change before we'll see it in ourselves. You know, the feedback I get from people. When I go down to visit my daughter, who I hadn't seen in over a year and a half, and she's just looking at me with almost tears in her eyes going, what happened to my dad? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you're I'm here. You're here. He said, you're sitting. You're listening to me. You're actually present. Oh, my God. Please. Right. I don't know what you're doing, but that's keep doing so it. You know, that's the stuff that just goes, yeah, this is worth it. Um, but, again, it's... It's not easy work, but you know what? It, it's exciting work because I feel fully alive and truly alive. And yeah, there are, there are beautiful days and there are some days that are just a real pain in the ass. Right. But I also know from being with my emotions and feelings long enough now and knowing what to do with them that there's no emotion or feeling in the world that can kill me. Well, the one thing that I got from that other interview and I didn't know this is like it hasn't been that popular for that long. No, it hasn't. Right? Um, and what was the woman, the original one you said? Judith the Kravitz. She, right. you know, it's, it's been around a while, but it's really, it's accelerating in, um, in, it, in its use. And I, I don't like the word popularity, but accelerating in its acceptance. And, you know, just like 10 years ago within the recovery industry, yoga was one of those things. Yeah, we kind of offered here, we kind of offered right. there. Now it's a standard in almost all recovery programs that... I truly believe that many other people within transformational breath, and there are many of my friends within the breath family that are in recovery themselves, truly believe that the breath work will become the gold standard in recovery right. because it goes into that area that has been not ignored, but nobody has um, quite understood how to access, I think, into that emotional realm. Right. No, I, you know, I mean, I want to have like a cheap, like, accolade for me. It's like, you know, when I brought yoga, when I was, when I designed and, and implemented the jail program in 96, and then I implemented, you know, this is before Lululemon and all of that, not saying, oh, I was back when yoga was, <laughs> yoga is like 5,000 years old, you know, I mean, I'm just saying that was revolutionary to bring yoga into the jail and bring, and bring meditation. And so now transformational breath is can be one an amazing tool in recovery right. where you know again as i love what samantha says and, and i'm sure she wasn't the one that said it but is is like the 12 steps can be like a spiritual kindergarten it's a, it's a beginning to to launch you into what's to come you yeah. know and that's a total valid point you know is that it, it's a launching pad and right i, I think that the um you know the, the original drafters of the 12 steps you know and we know it began well before bill w and the group back in the in the 30s you know the oxford, oxford group started yeah. working with it and all was just this path and it's so similar in many of its tenets to so many other spiritual paths whether it be buddhism or hinduism or any of the others you know it's really is a program of self-reflection self-discovery yeah know, i mean it's so true and, and discard but um but then way, some people and you know, and and this is, I don't want to put a disclaimer. It's like 
Some people go through the steps, go to meetings, and, and their life's perfect, you know? It's like, whatever gets you through the afternoon, it's like, but for me, I was way more curious, and, and I'm not saying to discount anyone else, is that I just wanted to go further with it, you know? Well, I can ask, you know, in the question I think to ask people, you know, I've talked to many people with years of recovery that have done gone the traditional route and it's working well for them. Just ask the question, you know, are you where you want to be in your life right now? Right. And do you see yourself being able to get to that space that your dream of being? And would you like some assistance and, gui and guidance towards getting and moving to the next? And they might say, yeah, no, I'm and doing it. They, they might say no. Right. And both answers are acceptable. Exactly. There's, there's no wrong answer to it. Um, so what's your favorite part of transformational breath, if there is a favorite part? That's a tough question. Right. My favorite part of transformational breath, you know, again, with every session being different, you know, I could pick a favorite part out of every session, but I think if I had to say one thing, my favorite part about the transformational breath is just... Um, no matter what happens after or during the breath session, I always feel better. I always feel better. I just feel lighter. I feel more open. Um, I feel more receptive. And I just, it, there's a certain lightness, a certain a joy. You know, we're breathing in joy. We're breathing in life. We're breathing in air. We're breathing in love. Right. And you can't help but, you know, if we're going to saturate our bodies with that, you can't help but experience that. Yeah. But again, it, it's been a different point in each breath session that's kind of been the aha moment or the moment of, okay. And I'll be honest here, sometimes I've had breath sessions that have been nothing but just simple breathing and go through, go and, through those, the motions, those right. and you feel awesome after too. So there's right. no such thing as a bad breath session. As we say in breath work, you know, we, we, we hold the, we hold the, the, the concept of miracle consciousness that everything is the perfect manifestation of spirit. And there's no such thing as, as a breath session that's not perfect. Right. And our experience is always perfect. It's always the exact experience that's perfect for us in that moment. Right. Well, it's you know, just like life. I like to say if it's happening, it's right. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's all perfect. Right. You know, it's just, it's our perspective and our perception on it may not be. But, you know, as far as for our evolution and our growth and from what our soul knows and what our soul is leading us toward, it's perfect. The thing about the breath, you know, is I know everybody that I know that's in recovery that has either experienced it or I've, I've been with through my trainings um, has had nothing but positive things to say about mm -hmm. it and its effect on their recovery. I mean, has anyone said, yeah, that was great, it's not for me? Sure. Right. Yeah, there have, have been you those. had and those? Yeah, and the thing to recognize, too, is that through our use and abuse of, of, of our alcohol and of drugs and things is that many times we effectively have numbed our bodies out to the point where the tissues are so dense that um, we have emotions present, but we can't even feel them because the tissues are so dense. So I myself have been going through for the last few years, slowly but surely, in a sense, thawing out or waking up my body. <laughs> you know, it was just this last week that I actually felt some emotions being stirred within my shoulders because they had been so dense and so locked down for so long. So mm -hmm. again, you know, years and years of, of abuse and neglect are not undone with just one or two or three or, or multiple breath sessions, but other work is done and needed too to help our bodies unwind and relax and get to the point where those tissues will open up and allow those emotions to move freely and move through. And what... I know. I, I mean, I'm excited about it. I mean, you know, just even yeah. like talking about it. But so what's your biggest takeaway from transformational breath? 
I think my biggest takeaway is the excitement I feel when I facilitate somebody and see the um, you know, most beautiful moments, I think, you know, have been at trainings or at seminars or even with people and, and when I greet them at the end of a breast session and they sit there and they have that look on their face that reminds me so much of, of a little child. There's an innocence to them. There's a freedom. There's a, a curiosity. There's a wow-ness right. to them. And it's like this, this, this work so taps into that space that allows our little inner child freedom to come back out. Right. And that's that's the joyous, the unconditionally joyous, happy, free, and loving person that we are. That you know we're allowing to come up to the surface. As we see that emerge, you know, as we see people we're working with start to really step up and step into their lives and create and experience the lives of their dreams, um, it's it's the most amazing experience in the world. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's you know, I've worked, you know, professionally and not and and you know as a layman with people in the 12-step programs and people. And so it's the same thing. It's like when I'm working with someone, whether they get it or not, there's this like, you know, because I, it's like, hey, I'm not asking. I'm just passing this on. And there's just something, there's nothing more that brings me a sense of peace and serenity than that than working with another person. Yeah, the work is its own reward. Right. Seeing their growth, seeing their right. development, seeing them blossom. And I'm growing from that, you know. You know and I mean. I, I've had that reflected back to me by my own mentor, you know, as my life is blossoming and taking off and more and more and more of my dreams are coming into reality, you know. I can tell by, by her expression and just by her presence and the way she presents herself that that's reason enough for her to do what she does. Right. And I've had that experience too with people that I've been with, you know, even in, in short periods just in seeing them and just seeing them, yeah, I like this. I love this. I feel better. Right. This is happening, you know, and coming back after a breast session and seeing them again maybe a week later for another breast session and them sharing on their experience of the week that they're not making the correlation about these beautiful things that are happening in their life happening because of the breast session. Right. But these things weren't happening before. Yeah. Or maybe they were happening, but they weren't open enough to see them and receive them and appreciate them. Right. And fully allow them into the lives. And through the opening of the breath, we allow ourselves to take in more of yeah. what life has to offer. So, you know, I mean, because this podcast, you know, most people will listen to it that are in recovery right. or, you know, that's my hopes is that we're giving more options and things like that. And just talking about real issues, what would your advice be to some people that have, have no idea what this is or they're in, you know, they've worked through the steps or they haven't worked through the steps. What would your advice well, be? Well, my advice would be to try it. You right. know, um, my suggestion would be, you know, if you're, if you're here in the Santa Barbara area, um, I can give you my contact information later. You can also go on to the Transformational Breath um, website. And, and what there, do, what's, do you know, the specific call uh, number? I mean, whatever that is, is. You know, hang on just a second. I can get that. Okay, you. awesome. Um, right. But you can go on to that site and locate facilitators all around the world. Transformational Breath is worldwide. Is it now? And okay. you can locate facilitators and reach out to them. Um, tell them your story. Let them know what you got going on. And, you know, set up a session. And I try to tell people is please don't judge your experience by only one session. Right. It's the kind of thing you really need to do two or three times, you know, if, if you want to really experience it. And sometimes it is just one session, but don't judge it by one session. Because like I said, mm. every session is different. And as you do more and more, then more and more is revealed. So the actual the website is the transformational breath. Whoop. Transformational breath. 
com. That's it. Yeah. And I'm sure if you Google transformational breath, you'll find it, right? Yeah, you will find it. And, uh, you know, I mean, the last, not last, but least, but I mean, is it expensive, you know? Yeah, it's going to vary from region to region. Okay. Um, and so what's a upon, typical breath well, session? depending call? upon whether it's your first session or you know, continuation sessions, mm -hmm. some facilitators put together packages of sessions. Right. There are weekend workshops available. There are week-long seminars available. Um, you know, I, I'm really, it's not a place for me to say what the price will be. Right. It's going to vary from region to region. And but it does cost money. I mean, it's, it does it's cost not, money. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so does recovery. So yeah, recovery exactly. centers. Right. So does booze. Right. So the drugs. Exactly. You know. Um, you know, but, but for, for someone me, that's going to meetings, for me, it's, it's money right. well spent. And one thing to keep in mind, which I haven't mentioned, you know, is that, you know, after you've done three or four, maybe five breath sessions, you're in a position and will be shown, you know, you can do your own self-facilitated breath sessions. It's a different experience doing it yourself, but you can reach just as deep the levels. Oh right. Um, I myself do my own self-sessions, as do most facilitators, if not all. But we also get sessions where we are facilitated because they're just um, things that the outside eye can see in us that we can't see in ourselves while we're laying there breathing. So you are given, like I said, it's a self it's, it's, it's a self-help modality that you are able to practice the modality on your own. Right, so you can not, learn it yourself. You're not right. hooked for life. You know, you talked about... Um, other healing, healer aspects out there, whether it's acupuncture, acupressure, Reiki, right. um, those all require an outside facilitation. With transformational breath, you become in a space where you're prepared that you can facilitate yourself. Yeah. So you're not dependent upon somebody else um, right. for your healing journey. And I can just say what the you know what I've done with you, what I've done with Nicole, you know what I did with Stan. I've had yeah, I don't. You know, I mean, I think the one was a profound experience. The others have been just great experiences, you know? And I think the more and more, I think it's cumulative, you know, it's like the more that you do it, you know, the more you might settle into it. I don't know, you know, again, I'm just well, talking in, from an, a naive point of view, but. You also have to look at your point of entry into the breath session. Right. You know, where are you emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically? You right. know, and we're all at different places at any given point in any day. Yeah. And um, I've had powerful breath sessions. I've had breath sessions that, again, that were very quiet, but still the next day I felt it as I yeah. felt would have been freed up emotionally. So I never judge or you know, don't judge a breath session by its... Um, by your result. By, the, right, by right. The, the breath session itself. Yeah. It's what comes afterwards, you know, as, as the breath does its, it does its work, does its magic and moving the emotions and the stuck energy and freeing them and surfacing them. Some come rushing right up to the surface. Others, shall we say, meander on up to the right. surface. It may surface two or even three days after. Well, I didn't even know, you know, when, when I was working in the jail and I, when I created that program is that we would want, we would have, short meditation you know sessions before we would do any kind of groups or any kind of you know uh classes or anything like that um so yeah it's it's where you're at you know and um spirit I, I, knows exactly what needs to be done exactly. and what needs to show up and what needs to surface in any given session so i, I mean you know, I'm so, thank you for coming here. And again, we are recording from the Alano Club in Santa Barbara, California. And it's a, just a beautiful building that facilitates meetings and things like that. At some point, this is just a dream of mine, is that we could have 
transformational breath in one of the rooms here where we could be real close to that, which would be really yeah, cool. That'd be awesome. So thank you for coming. I'm going to ask you, I have four questions to ask oh. you. Here's the fire round. What do they call it? Like The money round. The money round. The money round. Short answers, right? Short answers, All right. right? Number one, what is the first word that comes to your mind when I say spirituality? Love. Two, if you could get anything today, what would that be? true experience of unity consciousness great if you could give anything today what would that be love yeah. what do you know for sure love <laughs> i love you love I is that, that which which binds us and, and holds us all together it holds this whole universe together alex we, greenland we fall back on that truth and we'll always be all right Alex Greenlee, I love you. Love Thank you, too, you for coming. I think we did well. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, David. It's an honor. I'd like to thank all the people that are involved in making this happen. Gerald Jones for producing and engineering this podcast. He's absolutely brilliant. Follow him on Instagram at Sonia HTML. His music is amazing. Maya Grace for her hair and makeup. I know what you're saying. This is a podcast. Why do you have hair and makeup? We just want to look awesome for each other. See you next time.